0: You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kafitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo Community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world, all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Wouldn't it be great to shop online without worrying about the way something fits or if you got the right size? If you haven't heard of Smithery Style yet, you're going to want to. They're an online shop who has made many appearances at Mom Halo events in the past they not only sell gorgeous pieces that they like to refer to as elevated basics but their mission is to have women across the country feel confident in their day-to-day from the moment you step in front of your closet to get dressed in the morning how do they do that by helping you figure out your body shape giving style tips for those shapes figuring out your wow colors modeling the clothes on real women, and curating collections each season of the best pieces for all different body shapes. Watch their daily try-ons over at Instagram, Smithery Style, or head to their website to figure out your shape now. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Alana Capitz, and I'm so excited because I am a comedy lover. I am a lover of People who take the stage and make a living, a living making people laugh. Let's give a warm Mom Halo welcome to Pinky Patel. (laughs) Hello,
1: my friends. Yeah, my my name is Pinky Patel. Um, And I went from being a content creator to a stand-up comedian within two years. And now I'm just trying to navigate this new life with the family and being a mom and all the other hats that we we tend to wear. Um, and I'm based out of Chicago, Illinois, here in America.
0: My town, Chicago, the Windy City. Um, oh, so a lot
1: of
0: Funny women come from Chicago.
1: hmm They're hiding us here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and tell us how that happened. I'm super inspired by you because I'm a content creator and a wannabe stand-up comedian. So you're literally living my life. And I just want to know, tell us how it started. How did Pinky Patel come into reality? When did you start content creating? Tell us about your family. Like, I think you have two kids. They're teenagers. Walk us through. For some of our listeners who might not live under a rock and don't know who you are,
1: take us through. Absolutely. No. um, So, you know, it was the beginning of the pandemonium in 2020, and I had started to get really stir crazy in the house because I had always had a career outside the house, a nine to five job, and then always, you know. Your listeners know, as a mom, like I said earlier, wearing so many different hats, we're always going, we're never breathing, we're hardly ever eating. And so once the pandemic came, and everything was like, okay, you guys need to stop what you're doing, stay at home. I was like, what do you expect me to do? Just sit here and twiddle my thumbs. And so every time I finished work from home, I would scroll on social media. um, And then it kind of I downloaded TikTok and then I uninstalled it because I was like, this is not my thing. I don't I don't lip sync. I don't dance. We've seen me dance. It's not a good site. i like, did I hurt myself? Did I not? Right. And so <laughs> um, I uninstalled it. But then all of my really close friends here in town, you know, in our group chats, they would send me TikToks. Like, you know, we used to send memes. Now it's TikToks. And I was like, wait a minute. This is supposed to be funny. I didn't know this was supposed to be a platform for everything and anything. So then like, literally five months later in October of 2020, I went back in to, um, TikTok started making just stupid videos thinking that I would just make videos for my, again, friends in real life. Um, and it turns out more, I, I was relatable to a lot of people and I didn't really know it cause I had just been in my own bubble here in town. So you don't know, I mean, you know, there's like billions and billions of people out there in the world, but you don't, it's like not forefront, right? Like you're, you're so engrossed in your day-to-day life. Like you don't really think about that. And so started making content and then not even a year later, the general manager of the local um, improv here in Chicago, she reached out to me and she's like, your stuff will translate pretty well into up. I was like, are you crazy? Did you hear what I said on, on my video? I don't think I could say that on stage. She was like, no, you could probably say even more. You can use real words instead of the the words that you use. And you know, you could you could really I think your sarcasm will train really well. So I took she took a chance on me. I took a chance on her. And now we're starting my second four. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. I mean, stand up is super hard. And
0: I mean yes. someone like yourself who came into content creation by accident and you know, you're obviously having a knack for being funny. Were you always funny?
1: Um, I like to, I like to say I'm like ladies night around the fire pit, drunk as a skunk funny. Um, I'm funny to my friends and I never really like, it never, I didn't believe them. I was like, yeah, but you're my friends. You have to say I'm funny, right? Like your friends say, oh, you look great in that outfit. And you go out and someone's like, really? You wore that? And like, how come nobody told me I shouldn't have worn this outfit? <laughs> like you're my friends. Right. So they would tell me, they were like, oh my God, you're so hilarious. Or they would, they would laugh whenever I would, whenever I would tell stories but I never really, I was like, okay, cool. Like it was never really an option. It was never really a, Oh, you should try this because nobody, nobody encouraged me to do it. Right. And so she did. And I still, to this day, I still get together with Stephanie every couple months, just like we've become friends now outside of, you know, she discovered me and I I will always be grateful to her, but now she's kind of my sounding board. Like if I feel like something's weird or like something doesn't feel right, like in regards to the business aspect of everything, I'll go to her because she doesn't have like a financial interest, right? She's just my friend who will tell me the truth. And so she's she's great. She's a great advisor. She's a great friend. She's a great, you know, she'll tell me if something's not funny. And I'm like, okay, I trust you. I won't say that then. Stuff like that.
0: So I can't believe this story. So you're telling me at the beginning of COVID 2020, you had no content. We had no social media presence. And I mean, you're almost at, I just like, you know, you're, you're tipping the million followers. So it it, like, this is all just a, a brand new, almost like second coming of Pinky Patel. Like you didn't, nothing existed before COVID?
1: No. So I had a Facebook account, but like, I was, I was always the mom behind the camera that just took the pictures. Like, and, and it was more, I was more of like, you know, the comedian on Facebook. Like we have different, people on facebook that we know about right but i was always a comedian i would rather post a funny meme versus pictures of my kid just because i was like why do you need to know what my kids look like it's weird right um and also i mean i did once in a while when they had great accomplishments like oh his team won the little league championship or he got straight a's because my mom living in connecticut and me being in chicago this was the only way she could see pictures of her grandkids and then in 2019 december i started to post on a regular basis on facebook like i i called it random thought of the day because i I have these weird thoughts and my my one of my best friends was like you should post these and see what people think i was like all right what have i got to lose i've got nothing to lose right i have a job a a successful career it's not like this is driving you know my grocery bill or my rent or anything like that um and then it just kind of morphed into i started doing vlogs putting them on youtube and then the vlogs morphed into you know, video, short sixty second videos and yeah, but if you and people accuse me, they've written comments on either YouTube videos or other videos, they're like, where's all the rest of your stuff? There's nothing before 2020 for Pinky Patel. And I'm like, because there wasn't like I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I'm not hiding anything.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. So in your in your comedy and in your storytelling, I mean, I take stand-up comedy writing courses and I do it because I have like this interest of becoming maybe one day a stand up comedian. but you're doing it. Like, do you have any formal training at all? What, what, how did you go from content created to tours? You're doing fucking tours. Tell me about that.
1: I, 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 no training. Um, I probably should take an improv class just to see if there's anything I could learn. I'm not opposed to like formally learning anything, right? And so I just don't have the time to do the improv classes here, um, at Second City, but I, it's just me being, sarcastic asshole and when I get pissed off and when I get fired up I get even more snarkier and and more sarcastic and I know just because I'm a tiny person I know when I get mad and I start talking like it's hilarious and so I've just owned it now instead of getting mad that people are laughing I will tell you I know it's funny you can laugh but just hear me out as well and I just keep going so (laughs) no training when you were in toronto people were like losing their shit for you you have a global following how does that feel yeah it's it's mind-blowing like the fact that people will be like i'm from new zealand or i'm from the uk i'm like oh my god this is crazy how are you seeing this because i'm still like but i'm only in america in canada like when people from canada were like you should come to canada i was like really that's crazy you want to see me up there all right, I'll go wherever the public wants me to go. I'll make people laugh. Hey, it's better than paying for therapy. Okay. <laughs> I love that.
0: Song. So, so walk us through that. What's happening right now when you're when you're doing mom comedy right now? What's like the biggest story people are resonating with?
1: Um, I do. I like. I do a lot more than just mom comedy. You know, you came to the show in Toronto, and my my big thing. Um, whenever I, I take the stage, it's just to make sure whoever is in my audience, they understand that they're more than a mom, that they, you know, they can do whatever they want to regarding whatever hobby they want to within reason, right? Like don't become like a drug Lord or anything like that. But within reason, you could do whatever you want. Like your kids are not your life. You know what I mean? Like once you turn, once those kids turn 18 and they leave, what do you have you have to have something for yourself right and the only reason i harp on that is because you know we're not told that as women as as people who who fill that traditional mom role whoever you are you're not told that you could be more than a mother more than a than you know a chef more than a laundress more than all of these other things and it's like no you can kick ass you could do whatever you want and you can kick ass you just have to communicate what you want and go after it be your own person you know That's my thing.
0: (laughs) I love love that so much. So if if a mom is watching right now or listening to us and they feel like maybe they're stuck, like this has been the second coming, I guess, of your career and your livelihood. And I know your kids are a little bit older. So like, just how does this actually work? Like you're, you have uh, still kids who need you, but you're touring North America. Like, how is this working, Pinky?
1: You know, I have um, a 16 year old and a 10 year old. And obviously the 16 year old is a little bit more independent, just got his license during the holidays. And so we're trying to figure that out, navigate that new life. The 10 year old needs me a little bit more, right? Because they're still like, wait, you used to be home all the time. Now, where are you going? But he's involved a lot more The 10 year old. And so like, I talk, I've never talked to my kids as if they're children. I've always used adult language, adult voice, like, you are a human being, you are not an animal or anything like that. Like I don't do the baby voice. Right. And so I've always told them the truth about whatever's going on in her life, whether it be, you know, grandma has breast cancer or mom's going on poor. I've always told them the truth. And so with my younger son, I have to make sure that I'm definitely calling every day that I'm on the road. And like, if not voice, then at least, you know, FaceTime so that he can see me. He knows I'm okay. His thing is he worries because I'm on the road. And so I'm like, you can grab dad's phone, look on Life360 and know that mommy is where I told you and check the calendar. It says Miami. I'm in Miami. I'm safe. Stuff like that. So he's gotten better this year. Um, Last year was definitely a learning curve for the whole family just because, you know, constantly being in and out of house and stuff. So yeah, you can make it work as long as you talk to whoever your partner is and you figure it out together. There's a lot of prep work that goes into um, the two days, three days that I'm home, you know, making sure there's enough food in the fridge that just needs to be heated up or just assembled, stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're still momming hard.
1: Oh, I'm definitely momming. I joke around about the fact that, like, you know, I have uh, baseball caps on my merch site, my website, and I wanted to start putting, like all the different roles that I play on that baseball hat and I'll just wear that one hat so I don't have to keep taking all the hats off because um, sometimes I'm doing all of this simultaneously like I'll be on the road and I'll call and if he looks like he's upset now I'm on like you know stealth like detective mode of why are you upset did something happen and you don't want to tell dad what's going on so I'm still playing that role even though I'm in a hotel room in Tennessee about to go on stage <laughs> My God. I can't even imagine. Is it a thrill? Tell me about the thrill. It's, it's so, and I I mean, hopefully you'll get to see this year's show as well. It's a completely new show. So I do talk about this, but it is better than every single time that I've gotten high. So much better. Like I get on stage and I do my, like I get, obviously I get nervous because I want to make sure everybody in the audience is having a great time. I don't want people to be pissed off, right? That you guys paid money. It's not, free entertainment on a social media app anymore but as soon as i hit that stage and i get that first hello my friends out after that i like the time goes by so fast i'm having the time of my life on stage because the more you guys laugh the more i know i'm doing better and i just it just it's like a never-ending cycle and it's this amazing high and then i get off stage and i go to the green room and i just want to like go clubbing after and i'm not that type of person like (laughs) I don't want to go do things. And and my assistant's like, no, we need to go back to the hotel room. You need to get your rest. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Let's go. (laughs) I just can't imagine,
0: like, people work their whole lives to get an hour-long set, you know? Or comedians, like, start with doing four- or five-minute bits, and you're filling an entire show. Like, how, how are you even doing that, Pinky? I
1: don't, you know... I use the same methodology that I for this new show that I did for last year's show. When I wrote, I sat down and I wrote it within like maybe like a day, and then I had a couple people read it to see if it made sense, if the jokes were good, and then I just I just trusted it and kind of just kept going forward. And I was like, I will adjust as we go, and I don't know. I, I guess I've hit the jackpot. That's how. It <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. And I know because other radio hosts are like when I do promo spots in different cities, they'll be like, how long did you take you to write this? Your, your 60 minute show or 75 minute show. And I'm like, Oh, it took me like a day. And they're like, you understand that's not normal. I'm like, I get it. I know, but I don't want to lie and like, be like, Oh my God, it took me 50 years to do this because I don't lie on social media. I don't lie online. Like what I tell you guys, what I say is, is how I actually feel, you know? Of course. No, I just, it's remarkable. I
0: mean, it's, it's almost like you kind of, you did sort of hit the lottery because I think maybe yeah. you came at it at an age and stage in your life where you didn't follow the rule book, right? You kind of got to do it your own way and reach sort of stardom in such a, a unique manner. Like, I've just have never heard this sort of story. You're like sort of that marvelous Miss Maisel, right? Like a mom yeah. finding and using that as sort of medicine. So, I love that so much.
1: And now, a word from our Mom Halo
0: podcast sponsor.
1: Who needs superheroes when we have
0: moms? Mommy Spa is Mississauga's first and only spa dedicated to moms specializing in pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. Come and experience our clean luxury spa treatments along with our highly rated clinical services. Fall into a deep relaxation with our signature Indian style head massage. Trust me, you need to try this. Our practitioners are highly trained to support you through every stage of motherhood. Join in on any of our in-person classes at our gorgeous studio. We will get the chance to meet other mamas. Book all of your treatments and classes on our easy-to-use online booking service. Stop by our brand new location to shop our lineup of incredible products and be pampered for your next service. Come and experience for yourself why we are the number one spa for mamas. Leanne Kim is my go-to resource when it comes to anything starting or growing a successful side hustle or business. She was my business coach for years and has helped tons of the moms in my community build profitable businesses. Leanne knows marketing and sales so well, and she's helping women just like you change the world with their products and services. Leanne has a program starting as low as $59 a month, which makes her the best investment for new business owners looking to take their dream to the next level. So tell me about, you have a tour coming up. So you're touring annually now? Is that part of the business model?
1: Um, Well, usually, you know, you're supposed to, a tour usually lasts like 12 to 16 months, right? So a year, year and a half, right? And then you go back to, this, uh, like I probably wouldn't come back to Toronto until, uh, middle of next year instead of this year, but because I'm constantly growing my following, right. Like constantly getting new followers. Um, they were like, no, I think we could do this every year. And so I was like, yeah, I don't, if, if they, if I can write new material every year, a new 60 minute show every single year, I'm willing to do it until I'm tired and I don't want to do it anymore. Like I'm not, you know, so I don't know if it's like the traditional business model or if it's just my own, but we're making it work to however we need to make it work.
0: I love that. Tell me about the crown, Pinky. How did the crown come into play?
1: Um, it was that it was my very first video that ever went viral. And at the end of it, you know, because I, I was I was telling a guy off in, in the way that I do. And at the end, I had this little comb, like a little pearl. I was, i'm trying to look for it it's not here but i'm try- i had this little itty bitty comb that i had i had from my wedding reception you know 18 years ago and so i was kind of like all right let's see how i could use this and i finished my thing i was like don't learn about sex from pornos and then i slid it into my messy bun like all slick and i was so proud of myself because i'm not slick at all and i like kept my i was like put it in i was like i said what i said and then i was like okay bye And after that, everybody was like, girl, you need a bigger crown. That was the best comeback ever, whatever, whatever. And then the following week, after that video went viral, I had four crowns in my P.O. box. And I was like, who sent me these? This is insane. And so now we have, I think, like, I have like 70 crowns or something like that. I know. I make the same face. Oh my God, I have so many. It's amazing.
0: It just, you. Part of this sort of brand and this identity piece, and you have your merch, and you have your website, and you have now your tour. What's next for Pinky Patel?
1: Um, I've been trying for the past like I think ten months. I've been they've been wanting to. My team wants me to put a book out to like tell people this story because it is pretty unusual, um, especially for for um, a South Asian woman who was raised in america like this is not normal right we go to school we get a job we get married we have kids we retire like that's the life that our parents envisioned for us nothing like this where like stardom public eye nothing like that and so i'm in the process of writing the book of kind of you know how did i grow up because i feel like a lot of people don't know how how south asians indians how it was for us in the 80s and 90s right like it was very like no, no, blend in. You're not your own people. And now it's like, no, no, stand out. And I'm like, listen, I blended in so you could stand out. Let's figure the shit out. Okay. Let's respect your elders in that aspect. (laughs) So we're going to do a book. Uh, I'm hoping to have it ready to release for the holidays this year. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about the South Asian experience because I know I'm Canadian. We have a lot of actual like cultural references, TV shows, news anchors. Like we are a very they say Canada is very much like a a mosaic where people are part of a picture in which they are very much uh, intrinsically involved in their culture, right? Versus U.S. It's like a melting pot, and everyone comes to be more American. Where yeah. Canada very much like you are a Canadian, you know, East Indian, you're a Canadian African, you're from Nigeria, you're from, you know, South Africa, you're from the Middle East, United Arab, like people really are a part of that community, but also Canadian, right? That's part of our diasporic existence. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about your experience growing up. Was it very much like your East Indian uh, cultural roots? Was it, did it inform um, everything or did your parents I don't even know. Did you immigrate or were you born here? Were your parents born in the States? And and, and how did that inform sort of your upbringing?
1: Um, I was actually, I was born in India, which a lot of people, they're always surprised when I say that because the accent is not traditionally there, right? Like I usually... I'll switch in and out of my accent when I need to or if I feel like it's going to add to the story. I only really do it when I'm talking about things my mom says because she has that. She has that accent because English is a second language for her. Right. Um, But growing up here, I moved to America when I was three years old. And um, it was very much trying to find the balance between growing up, living in a traditional beige world versus a traditional Indian world, right? So Monday through Friday, I'm going to school. I'm, I'm with everybody else that's not Indian at all. And then Saturday and Sunday, I'm doing all of this cultural stuff, like back to my roots. So it was, it was, I was switching hats before that saying was even a thing, you know what I mean? Um, But I mean, I feel like that made me stronger and I feel like it made me who I am today because I had to adapt quickly to my surroundings to whoever you know was in front of me so that unfortunately i can make them more comfortable with what they're seeing in front of them right um and we know we know what's going out there what's going on out there in regards to oh america's like this america's like that and i'm like been there done that i already know it's okay (laughs) i survived we will survive it's it's not great and i'm like i love the fact that we're bringing more issues to the forefront with social media being, you know, everybody being on social media. You get to see what's going on in different countries, even different states, right? Like, I, my husband makes fun of me because I hate watching the news. I don't like the news. I mean, he doesn't tell me anything good nine out of 10 times. And so, why am I going to sit there for 30 minutes and be depressed because of all this crap that's going on wherever they're reporting from, right? And so, he's, he's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense. But, yeah, <laughs> it was always different hats. no, I'd appreciate that.
0: I think you know we I grew up in a in a in a in a tradition that has some ethnic roots, and I also grew up with friends who also had tons of uh dynamics from their own family. and I know some kids mm-hmm. really draw on that, right? They really draw on their cultural differences or their heritage in which they grew up. Um Is that
1: part of your sort of sh- comedy stick moving forward? I mean, it always has, like, I always interject a couple stories of how my mom reacted to this when I, you know, when I was younger, because I feel like it helps people understand who I am as a person. Um, Just because if you don't, if you don't see me like my face and you just talked to me on the phone and you didn't know anything about me, you probably couldn't figure out that I'm Indian because I I know I have a good customer service voice. I know how to present myself. Um, But when you see me on stage or you see me on social media, a stage more than social media right because in 60 seconds you there's only so much that you can communicate um but whoever are those diehard fans i i am hoping that they do come to my shows because i talk about more personal stuff at my shows than i do on social media like this year's tour is all about you know how everybody handled last year the traveling how the family did with it like you know you were asking how, how to how are you balancing all of this um, there's a lot of things that happened in my life last year that I didn't put on social media because that's, that's that hard boundary for me. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it. If it doesn't, if it's not going to make somebody laugh, I'm not going to talk about it. So. Yeah. I appreciate
0: that. I think there's something nice about sort of keeping it real in when you're doing like real live, um, appearances, right? Like you're seeing yeah. a different, I love that.
1: Yeah, a lot of people at Meet and Greets, they there there will be people who are like, Oh my god, this was so much better than your content. I'm like, I know, right? This was spectacular. And they're just like, Oh, okay. I'm like, no, I know, because my thing is, like, I used to have horrible stage fright. And so I still have horrible stage fright. And so the only way I can get through it is by pretending that we're all at ladies night in my backyard and we're just having drinks and we're about to start the bonfire and we're just getting silly. And so because that's the mentality I go into like go in like with on the stage, I think that's what helps to just, I don't, I'm not as stiff. I have a lot of movement. Like I have people on my team who, you know, I started working with a talent agency last year, but my talent agent hadn't seen my show until just this past week when I started this year's tour And I was really nervous. I was like, "Oh no! What if she like regrets working with me because she doesn't like my comedy stuff like that?" Because you want to please people, right? Like I want the people who chose to work with me to be happy that they chose to work with me. I want them to be pleased with their decision. And afterwards, you know, she comes back into the green room. He's like, you look like you've been doing this for years. It it does not look like you've just been doing this for a year. I was like, oh my God, thank you. That means so much to me. I'm not nervous anymore. Like it was the nerves of her seeing the show and the show being new, but it's just, yeah.
0: (laughs) It is such a remarkable story. I mean, I am a comedy nut. Like I have have cult followings of people that I love. Mm -hmm. I love comedy. It's what my husband and I do you know, as our date night, we don't go for restaurants. We go for open mics and stuff like that. And I yeah. am just the most novice comedy writer. And here you are like, bada bing, bada boom. You like mom comedy. You're like, I'm coming in. I know exactly what I'm doing. Fuck this like methodology. I'm going to just do it my way. And it's really inspirational,
1: Pinky. Like, it's amazing. Good for you, honestly. I, I, you know, I hope that it is inspirational because like, you know, my, my whole thing, every time I do one of these podcast interviews or any like, you know, what are you hoping to get out of this? And the one thing that I want to get out of this is a, to make sure that other people who are parents, especially obviously more towards moms and dads, but other people who are the sole, you know, provider for a child or anything like that, they know that they could be more than just a parent because you're more than just a parent, right? You're allowed to have your own interests. And also I want to make sure that, there are other Indian, little Indian girls that see me on their screen because their moms are watching me and they're like, Oh my God, she's just like me. I could totally do that because I didn't have that growing up. Right. Like if I tried to become famous, um, in the eighties and nineties, like there was no Mindy Kaling. I wouldn't have been able to do that back then. Like I would have been shut down so fast. And so I'm hoping I'm that person that's like, Oh damn, she's, a, she's a content creator. She's doing well, but she's being herself. So, you know, maybe I can
0: Thank you you keep saying you have a team who who comprises your team right now who's behind
1: the, the curtain? you know that's that's funny in itself just because of the fact that like I used to make fun of celebrities when they would say in an in interview oh you know I'll have my team talk to your team or I'll talk to my team and now I'm using the same vocabulary and it's it's I shouldn't have said all those things back then so now I'm a little bit better with when I make statements. Uh, my team consists of I have a manager. Um, with Levity Life, which is um, a pretty big management company here in America. And then I have um, United Talent Agency. So UTA, they are my talent agency, my and you know, everything. They, they're they like a big umbrella of, you know, if I say, hey, I want to try to go into shows, they might, they'll be like, okay, what can you do? My books, right? Like they want me to, they have, I have a book agent, a touring agent, all that kind of stuff. And then um, I think Oh, and then the brand agent. And I have a brand agent. So there's there's, there's just a lot of It takes a lot of people to make it run. And I didn't realize. And I'm just like, dang, this is... Because ah! <laughs> I'm so used to doing everything myself, right? As a parent, as a mom. You're just like, I'll just do it myself. It's faster if I do it versus explaining to you how to do it. I'll just do it. And now I have to be like, oh, hey, how about this? Or how about that? <laughs> So, and, and then obviously also my husband, like I've made it known from the beginning with whoever joins team pinky, whether it be a social media manager, a talent agent, a, you know, a brand agent. I'm like, my husband and I are a team. Like he's in my inbox all the time. He reminds me about stuff. He like where, you know, we go over designs, like the new tour, uh, the merch design for the, the this year's tour shirt. We both did it together. Like we're, we're a unit, right? And so the fact that, that everybody can respect that, they're not just like, oh, but he's just your husband. I'm like, no, because if he's not doing stuff at home to make sure the home is okay while I'm gone, then we're not going to be able to do this. And so that's the whole team. That's a lot of people. I'm hoping it doesn't grow. I think I capped out as social media manager. <laughs> it's awesome because
0: I think some people, what they do is they become sort of social media um, celebrities and they don't necessarily... Take the bull by the horn, they become sort of teachers of how to do social media. There's not a lot of comedians who have social media following or who are so comedians as a result of social media and then have tours the way you're doing it. So it's, it's remarkable.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I take it one day at a time, one show at a time. And I just hope and pray to all 1 million deities that it's going to keep on going because I'm like, I can't, I can't retire when I'm 65. Like, what am I going to do? I need to keep doing, I need to like, I I used to joke in the beginning and maybe, you know, I'll keep saying it, but I want to be the Indian Betty White. Like I want to make people laugh until I am no longer here on this earth. And if people remember me afterwards, that's all I can ask for. And if they don't, it's okay too. I was going to ask you, what comedians do you love? Who do you who, who's your favorite? Um, comedy wise, I I love Margaret Cho. I love Ellie Wong. I grew up listening like when it was Friends versus Seinfeld. I was the one that watched Seinfeld, not Friends. You know, I was that person. So I love a lot of relatable comedy. Obviously, um, things that you know I'm not just going to be like, "What did they say?" Stuff like that. I love the idea of
0: like this, you know. Uh, making people laugh till you die. I love, I love Joan Rivers. I love Kevin yeah. Hart. I love I love a lot of the women of comedy. I love Amy Schumer. I love Sarah Silverman. You know, I love Chelsea Handler. I love uh, Mindy. Of course, Mindy's like number one. Um, so, so I love that so much. So, if, if if people want to hear nothing else today, Pinky, if they hear nothing else, what do you want them to know about you? Remember about you. What do you, what's your tombstone saying at the end of this podcast? What do you want them to? Oh know? my
1: god! To my tombstone, I don't know. <laughs> um, protect your peace and be you. That's it. That's my message to everybody. Protect your peace, if that means locking yourself in your walk-in closet with a glass of whatever apple juice or wine. It doesn't matter. With a nice literature book, so that you can just go into fantasy world, do that. But always protect your peace. Yeah. And who? Are you following on Instagram or social media that you love? Um, who do I like? Ob- obviously, I follow Sarah Silverman. I follow Chelsea Handler, Mindy Kaling, Lily Singh. Um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I think the reason why my following count is so low, and I know people are always like, well, you have so many followers. How come you don't follow a lot of people? I'm like, well, first of all, that's my business. Why I only follow a couple people is because those are the people that every single person I follow, I go to their page and I watch their stuff and I truly enjoy their content. So if you look at any follow, like if you go to any of my followings on whatever social media platform, you'll like all of those people are ones that I admire. They're ones that like, you know, I want, I would love to connect with in real life, even if it's just a brief five minutes. But it's people that, you know, not that I want to mimic, but just ones that it's like, yeah, they did it. I can do it. You know? I love that. Okay. So
0: um, let's tell people where they can find you. If someone is new to you, they have never heard of Pinky Patel, where are all your coordinates? Uh, Where can we find Pinky Patel?
1: Just pinky-patel.com. My website has everything from all my social media platforms to my tour schedule to my merch site. That's the one-stop shop.
0: I love it so much. Pinky, thank you so much for taking the time. I am a fan. I hope you now are friends. I tried yes. to love friends as friends. Um, you are a a a legend. This is legendary. Like, you are a force. And <laughs> women like me who are content creators, who are aspiring wannabe stand-up comedians that having global tours. Like, it's literally, like, it's so inspiring. And I hope you know that you are changing the game. So I
1: hope so. I hope you get to do it, even if it's just a two-minute open mic night. You should go out. You should do it. See how it goes. You know, like you can't be scared because you know what? There's some jokes that I'll say in one city that don't hit in another city, but I just keep on keeping on. I don't let it bother me. I'm just like, all right, I guess we're finishing sooner. That's what's happening here. I don't like, you know, you can't please everybody. Right. And so I know it's easier said than done. Believe me, I still get nervous diarrhea before I go on stage. It's still a thing, but I hope that you, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. I remember
0: one of my university professors once said, our 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 bodies have two minds, one in our stomach and one in our head. And I didn't realize until my adulthood, like, oh, he's literally talking about like, the nervous stomach or the anxiety tummy or whatever. So um, it's so true. Wow.
1: I um, hope you get to do it. I hope you get to go out and do it. Just even, like I said, even if it's just for a five-minute open mic night.
0: I appreciate you so much. Pinky Patel, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time. Cookies and Cribs sleep consulting helps parents like yourself teach healthy independent sleep habits from the age of newborn to five years old. Elena Ozeal will teach your little one to sleep through the night, give you and your partner your nights together, and that little break that we all need at the end of the day. Cookies and Cribs will create a personalized sleep plan for your little one to give you the confidence and support each day working together. Book your free consultation today on the website and receive off your services.